Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove Community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. The Mangrove Community presents the Reasonable Doubt Podcast Series. Hello, hello, welcome to Reasonable Doubt with Carl Ward. Um, we have our guest here today, Renee Jefferson Smith. Excuse me, Renee Jefferson Smith. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, good, good. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Um, first, I want to give the people out there the reason for setting this show up and um, having you on. You know, with today and politics, local politics, with the uh, younger generation, the uh, generations that are age, a lot of people have lost interest in politics. They think that um, politics no longer affect them, they don't have a voice. Um, their vote doesn't count, things like that. So what we're here doing is we're erasing the reasonable doubt that people have about politics, even about the people that are running for offices and things like that. So um, we wanted to sit down and with you, of course, and let people know who you are, where you're from, your background, you know what, what your plans are, if you do get in the office. Um, so um, I guess we can start by letting us know where you're from. Well, um, thank you for having me, first of all. So I'm Renee Jefferson-Smith. I'm a candidate for Houston City Council District B, and I am from Acreton, Texas. Oh, um, the Fofo, <laughs> as we all know it to be. Um, born and raised in Acreton. Um, you know, often I just say that I'm from Acreton, but then I also have to remember I was actually born there. So I was born at Simpsons General Hospital and um, taken back right down the street and was raised in Eckerton. Okay. And um, what, what high school did you graduate from? I graduated from Eisenhower High School, swoop, swoop. So <laughs> to all my Eagle uh, classmates out there, graduated from Eisenhower High School. Cool, so Eisenhower, all right. And um, I guess so coming up as a child, what, what are some things that you saw in your community that, that you wanted to change? That, you maybe saw that I was like, maybe we can do that a little different, maybe the roads can be better, or was there anything you remember from that? Well, you know, as a kid, most kids, and, and the reality is most kids are not thinking about things they can change in their community. But I can tell you um, there are some things that made an impact in my life. And so I can remember coming up um, as a child and a young teenager in war against drugs um, had really hit the scene. Um, and so Lee Brown was in office at that time and crack cocaine had just really hit the streets a lot. And so it was affecting a lot of lives. Um, and you know, that's, that's one of the things that I really remember. And then just crime, crime was really, really high. And so when you thought about the community Acres Home, it was always said, oh man, that was a dangerous place to be. And um, even more so if you thought Acres Home was dangerous, then you dare not go into Fifth Ward because it was supposed to be even worse than Acres Home. 
So um, I would have to say, you know, drugs and, and crime were some of the things that I can really remember changing the dynamics of what a community is supposed to look like to a child. Right, right. Okay. So those are things you remember coming up. And um, I guess as we move forward, we, we ask about um, high school. Uh, let us know about your family, you know, mm -hmm. um, college, your, what career you're in now. Right, right. So, um, you know, all of my family is still in Ectone, my paternal and my maternal side. Um, they were born and raised in Acres Home, and of course, you know, we have some family that are in some other cities throughout the United States, but the majority of my family is, again, from Acres Home. My grandparents are still there, and um, my family and I now live in the Trinity Garden area. One of the um, great things is that my husband's family and my family both originated out of Fifth Ward. My family went to Acres Home, his family um, stayed in Fifth Ward, Catherine Garden, City of Gas, and Trinity Garden. Um, so I'm a mother of four. I have a son who's in dental school um, at UTSA. I have another daughter who's um, getting ready to be a sophomore in college. I have a son who's getting ready to be a sophomore in high school and a seven-year-old daughter. And so I'm a small business owner, which I'm really, really proud of. Um, there's nothing like entrepreneurship to kind of teach you the, the hurdles and the obstacles in life. Um, because your finances is not generated at the hands of someone else. You have to work for everything that you have. And so I own a boutique medical spa here in Houston. Okay, so cool. That, um, that's good to know that you know, you're from the area and mm -hmm. you're to serve. And right, and as I stated, I, I graduated from Eisenhower. Um, and when I graduated, I, I wasn't the one to go straight to college. Mm -hmm. um, but I did attend Texas Southern University okay. and I ended up getting a degree in psychology. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. So I guess um, the next question is what, what made you into politics? What made you want to get into politics and decide, you know, I want to run for office? Right. So, you know, I've always been a giver and I've volunteered in many different areas throughout mm -hmm. the city of Houston. I made community service. Um, a part of my business. Um, it, it's 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 not just something that I do. It's actually a lifestyle for me, and so that's one of the things that I teach my my children. But the most interesting part about that is being that I have lived in the district all of my life. I've had a huge advantage to see how oppressed we really are, and what I mean by that is um, the ability not to be able to grow past what it is that we see within the district, and so. Because I was able to look, you know, you just asked about my childhood and asked about drugs. And even though it doesn't seem to have the impact that it once did, it's still very relevant and it's still out there. And um, it's kind of an up in your face situation, you know? Nobody's hiding behind the bushes smoking crack anymore. Um, prostitution does not look like the short skirts and the bralettes or whatever. You know, it's just all up in our faces. And so, um, you know, I just made a decision that I wanted to make a greater impact in my community. We're under-resourced, underprivileged, underserved. And, you know, my decision to run is not just for my children, but it's for generations to come. And, you know, we are in a situation where, I just told you I still have my grandparents, but a lot of people are not visiting their grandparents. A lot of seniors just don't have the attention that they need. 
Um, as you know, if they're not coming for our schools, they're coming for our property, they're coming for our neighborhood, and everything that's of value to us, whether we see it as value or not. And so for those reasons, I made a decision to run. Okay. And um, I guess how, well, so you're running for District B. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the question I have, what area does District B cover? Can you let everyone know? Sure, absolutely. So District B is northeast of George R. Brown. Um, it's going to cover Fifth Ward, Trinity Garden, Cashman Garden, Pleasantville, Bordersville, um, Lakewood, City Gas. Um, it covers the airport. It covers Greens Point. It covers Anchor's Home. Um, it's a very big district. Um, Scenic Woods, Fontaine, all of those areas are in or in District B. Bordersville, which is a little pocket out in Humble. Wow. Yeah. yeah. As I'm listening and it's registering in my mind with all these different places. Shepherd Park Terrace over off of Shepherd. Um, Heather Glen. Hmm. It's a bit it's a very, very big district. Right. But when you think about that district as a whole, and when you think about the district as a whole, from Edgar's Home to Fifth Ward to Trinity Garden, all these areas, you ride through them, they all look the same. They all look the same. What about, um, with the exception, I guess we can say, of the Greens Point area is more, more of a business district area. Um, with, with the areas being so widespread, um, how do you meet everyone's needs and I guess what you're saying that you know for the most part a lot of the areas look the same so right right but even Greens Point now right even great one of the main one of the main um one of the main grocery stores that I can remember in Greens Point was Kroger that was right next to Luby's um everybody visited that Kroger Mm -hmm. whether you were on the side of the mall or whether you were on the other side there was the dollar movie there was so much activity going on in Greens Point um, I actually worked at Contempo and Greens Point Mall, and that was like the place to be. You know, even as early as when the Magic Johnson Theater um, hit Greens Point. And so economically, um, Greens Point has gone down, and there are some things that are happening in Greens Point, but you have to take um, notice to what is happening where the people that are in our best interest or in our best interest are. And so economically, I don't see anything happening on that side of Grants Point. Um, I think one of the most important things that I can offer as an ex-city councilwoman is to make sure that I'm visible. Um, people need to see you and they need to make sure that they have access to you. And one of the things that I plan to do is to have leadership meetings um, whether it be with my super neighborhood presidents, with my civic club presidents, with my community advocates, because one thing that I don't want to do is to get an office and make a decision for the district solely on whatever my beliefs and my opinions are. So I think collectively it's great to have the input of everyone. How do we bring those people together from those different areas of Houston? And you just schedule a monthly meeting, a routine meeting, um, and, and again, making sure um, that you're visible. In in some cases, these meetings are already taking place, mm-hmm. so it's making sure that I am present okay. at those meetings. Okay. And um, on top of being visible, um, and, and you know, you know, covering the needs of the people and things like that. How? What, what other plans do you have if elected into office? What other plans do you have for issues? Sure. So you know, one of um, I have this thing that I call my community action plan. And what the community action plan stands for is you should be here. 
And I live by that because just like any other Gen X or millennial, when my husband and I got married, we once thought that we wanted to move to like Angkor somewhere um, and live what I guess people would consider the American dream. And then we had to ask, why are we moving? Who are we moving for? And so I realized and then helped him realize we should be here. We should be right where we are. We've inherited our property. We don't have a mortgage. We're a young couple, and that's one of the biggest blessings that you can have in the American dream is to be mortgage-free. And so one thing that I know that others may not know and I want to share is that when you look at the dynamics of our district, we are rich in land and we're rich in history. And so because we already have our gated community where there's no deed restrictions, meaning the majority of the communities in our district offers, they offer acres. It's a lot of land. People have moved away to live in a gated community on a lot, have a high mortgage where somebody is telling them what they need to do with their property. And so I invite people to come back to the community, come back to the district because I feel like it's where they belong, which puts me into the affordable and mixed income housing plan that I plan to develop. Not just making sure we have affordable homes, but making sure we also have mixed income properties. Um, when you think about other parts in the city of Houston, you don't really hear them advocating as much for affordable homes, but they want to make sure we have affordable homes. We had affordable homes. Grandma grew up in the shotgun house. It was affordable. The house next door that may be four or five hundred dollars. But there are some of us that have the money and we can afford something a little bit more. I'm not talking about anything six or seven hundred thousand, but there are individuals that are educated, whether educated or not educated, that can come and move in a nice house within the district. And so we need to be able to meet the needs of those that want to be here and make sure, you know, that we're offering that. Another plan that I have is to really beautify our house, um, our communities and our neighborhoods. And what that means is making sure that we're tackling issues such as illegal dumping, um, making sure that we're keeping our neighborhoods clean, making sure that we're offering vocational and training opportunities for our children. Um, every child is not going to college. It's an unfortunate situation. Some are qualified enough to go. Some just don't want to go. But what are we doing to help teach them trade skills and job on-the-job training? to help them become small business owners and entrepreneurs. And so my plan is to create a business incubator to help you know, thriving businesses or small businesses the ability to thrive mm -hmm. and to provide more resources such as financial stability and generational wealth and training um, to them. And the biggest thing of all is making sure that we're working with our senior citizens. Um, I have an opportunity to visit a lot of seniors and they live behind closed doors. They're lonely. Um, they crack their door because we're still in an era where you can't trust anyone, but they're hungry and they just don't have the attention. So I want to create a senior home repair program to help them out with their needs. Okay. So with the um, with wanting to bring people back to the community, because I totally agree that um, that is an issue that we're facing in these type of areas where you have people that are moving away, taking their resources with them. On, on top of the housing, you know, affordable housing and low income, how how do we draw them back when they have an issue with the crime in the area or mm -hmm. the fact that the area is not um, economically developed? How, what, right. what, 
what type of things are we really going to put in play that deter crime and bring back the business development in the area? So I think one of the biggest things for me, um, which is a part of something that I'm advocating for, is to make sure we have additional terms areas. Um, if you don't know what terms is, is tax increment reinvestment zone. In general, you have to um, partner with a consulting firm to make sure that you're bringing in the proper terms areas, in addition to perhaps a management district. But that helps to preserve the tax dollars in the community, and from there it helps to grow the community. And so, you know, one of our biggest issues over here, and I explained this to someone, is that we're a food desert. And I do need a food desert um, where you can go in other communities and they may have the Popeyes and the Chick-fil-A and, you know, all the little um, fast food restaurants, even though fast food isn't the best food, we don't have that. We don't have grocery stores. And so I think by adding more businesses, um, but in order to add more businesses, you have to have the homes because the businesses want to know that they have the residents that's going to be able to support their business. So the you know the affordable mixed income housing, um, developing the homes and building on type type building on top of economic development, and then making sure you have a strong partnership with your law enforcement and your first responders. Um, I, I think that's one of the most important things that you can do to develop and make sure that your community is going in the right direction. Okay. So, so from my understanding, what you're saying is we'll build a better relationship with the police department, and that way maybe we can deter crime that way. Um, if we can deter the crime, possibly bring in people for the needs. Yeah, because, you know, again, and we're not talking about education, because to me, education does, I mean, I have a degree, I don't even work in my field. So, I mean, I think education is important if it's a personal goal of yours, but edu having a degree does not make you. Let me say that. I don't care how many degrees you have, it just doesn't make up who your character is. We're just trying to, I'm just trying to get a better understanding because a lot of people throw around that in the election, in this process, they're going to throw around, they're going to bring economic development to the area. Um, and at the, with just saying that, you're just saying, but I, it sounds like you have a plan that, that could work. And I'm just trying to make sure that the people understand. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, you have to have a plan because it's one thing to be running for office and share with the person what you want to do, but then you also have to have a plan. One thing that I know as a business owner and also working in a regional position with the oil and gas company is that partnerships matter. I'm just one person running for office. I can't do any of this by myself. So partnerships matter on all levels, within the community, within different corporations, within organizations that have a vested interest. And so through the right partnerships, so when we talk about um, development, building relationships with developers, um, looking at the price points and, and evaluating the market, um, just seeing where they are and what the properties that we can develop. Um, that are going to attract those individuals to come back into the community. And with that, one of the most important things is to make sure that we're preserving our history and our legacy right. here. We don't want to be pushed out. Right. We're not trying to do anything for a whole bunch of other people that know nothing about what it means to live in our district. Right. But we do want to invite people to, you know, our people to come back 
And then we do want to become a melting pot and be able to offer diversity. Um, but we're not trying to push anybody out of our community. And, and that's actually why I saw you do some community work before I was at Golden Great Cemetery, which mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that, that the people need to be made aware of because that's part right. of embracing our history. It's a lot of um, known, you know, um, citizens from these areas, from mm -hmm. District D, um, and they happen to be black people, pastors, right. all type of people. No, absolutely. And if you look at those gravestones over there, they're just. Right. And you know, um, the last time that we were there, we did a cleanup and we gathered all of um, the trees and the debris and it was up to the cemetery to pick those items up and they still haven't picked them up. And my work, um, still with the Oak Park um, um, organization came from just a simple drive through the graveyard, um, going over to see uh, Mickey Leland's tombstone. And getting out and realizing all of the legacy that we truly have lying there in the cemetery, from Carl Borns to a Black Panther, Rosalie Easter, Mr. Fairchild from the Fairchild Building at Texas Southern University, Henderson, Mr. Henderson from Henderson Elementary, um, a doctor who had one of the first offices over in the Fifth Ward community. And so there's a lot of um, history there in, you know, if they are not going to clean it up, we should make it our responsibility to keep it clean because those are our people. Right, right. Is there anything that can be done from the from a city standpoint, you know, as far as bringing it to the city? I don't know also? if that is one of the city's responsibilities mm -hmm. or if it fall, falls under the county. Um, but I tell you what, you know, it will take a person like me to challenge the corporation, which is what I did. And both times they made an agreement to become a part of the cleanup. And so sometimes that's what you have to do. You know, you got to put your boots on the ground, strap them up, um, go knock on the door of the person that you need to speak to and make yourself known and present. And so that's exactly what I did. Cool. That's, that's wonderful. Um, and let us know about any upcoming events that you have, any projects or anything that you Sure. Well, I, I, I mean, I have so many events coming up, but um, one of the most important ones is, well, first of all, let me say this, we have two parades coming up. Okay. So we have a parade coming up on June 8th um, that's going to be um, in the Fontaine Scenic Wood um, area. And so here in Northeast Houston, um, down on Homestead where the old Kmart building used to be. Okay. And then we have the Mayor's Juneteenth Parade coming up that's going to be in Acres Home. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about that one because that's also going to be my campaign kickoff party. Okay. And so um, it's going to be held at Cajun Corner, which is at the corner of West Montgomery and Little York. And um, I'll also have a billboard there, which I'm really excited about. So I invite everyone um, out to be a part of, you know, the campaign kickoff is going to be maybe one of two um, because my roots are embedded in the Aketon community. So I couldn't imagine having my kickoff anywhere else besides within the community of Aketon. And then I'll have another one here, um, you know, at my campaign office. Okay. What, I'm sorry, again, what were the dates for the June? So I mean, um, June, it's the June 8th and then it's June. Um, 15. I don't have the time on the one that's done. I don't have the time on either of them. Um, I know what time we have to be there, but I will get you information and maybe you can share it on your page. Yeah, we'll share it. And um, so, feel good about covering everything. Um, before we let you go, um, this is a question I'll ask 
each of our candidates. Okay. What's one of your favorite local businesses in District Oh, one of my favorites. Oh, wow. I had several. Um, I want to get you in trouble now. No, 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 no. It's okay. I had several. Man. Can I name three? We'll give you three. Okay, so one of one of my favorites, which I grew up on, their family, of course, is Barnes Barbecue. Um, I, I, you know, lived on the same street, been doing since before they became Barnes Barbecue. Um, and my other favorite is J and J in Fifth Ward, um, Only Road. So um, they have some of the best seafood, baked potatoes, and you know hamburgers and fish and all of that and then um my other favorite my favorite soul food restaurant is helen t's um on lockwood mm -hmm. helen. oh helen t's oh uh-huh yeah it's um it's really really good well all right um was there anything else you would like the people to know before um, you know, in terms of voting, just get out, make sure you get out and vote. You know, I, I created a post, I believe it was just yesterday, that, you know, your, um, your, your vote is your voice, you know? I mean, you have to really voice your opinion and, um, and get out there and make sure that you are voting um, because then your, your vote is your power. And so if you are not voting, then nothing happens within the community. So I just really encourage everyone to get involved in local politics, get involved in elections. Um, whether you believe it or not, everything about elections can impact your life and affect your life. Um, not just for the present, but for the future. So that's basically it. All right, well, thanks again for coming out. Again, we have Renee Jefferson-Smith with us here today. She said a lot. Um, Everything she said about getting involved in your local election with it being your voice um, is nothing but the truth, and that's what this show is all about. So we encourage everyone to continue to listen, continue to support, and most importantly, get out and vote. That's what this is for, so you can have an informed decision on who to vote for and what you're voting for. Again, thanks for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, y'all have a good one. Thanks for joining in. Mangrove Community presents the Reasonable Doubt podcast series. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org.